This is your host, T. This is your host, Tia. Welcome back to another exciting episode of the Top 10. Why? Geek Vibes Nation. Geek Vibes Nation. 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 The Top 10. The Top 10. Who wants to do good stuff, right? <laughs> like, who wants to talk about the best couples? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, All right. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome back to another amazing Top 10 by Geek Vibes Nation. As always, I'm your host, Tia, and I have with me Brittany. I feel as if we just did our last top 10. I don't know why. I feel as if we just did the top 10 best video game characters. I don't know if you feel like that, but I certainly do. I do feel like that. I always like, I think it's because we're doing it on Mondays for right now. Like I know next week we'll go back to normal, but it's like, I, I guess there's just something about a Monday where you're like, it feels more in routine. I'm maybe, I don't know, I just, I'm sitting down here and I'm, you know, doing my spiel and I say to myself, wait, <laughs> didn't I just do this? <laughs> I know, uh, sitting there, I was like, you know, it's felt odd not doing it on the Sundays, but I'm kind of like, I, it's sometimes a little bit refreshing to change up the routine a little bit, though. Brittany says that as I'm sitting here going, I'm tired. I've had, like, two cups of coffee before this just to, like, jazz myself up. <laughs> and now you know how I feel in the mornings. Oh, Lord. We need to start doing it in, like, the afternoon, get a middle ground for both of us. <laughs> but I did very much enjoy last week's topic, which was the top ten best video – well, not best, sorry, top ten favorite video game characters. Um, and you can, of course, check that episode out on our YouTube channel, Geek Vibes Podcast, as well as anywhere that you can find freaking podcasts, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, iHeartRadio, all that good stuff. Just type in Top 10 with Tia. But this week's is going to be – so last week we went favorites, and this week we're going on the negative, and we're doing Top 10 Worst TV and Movie Couples because who wants to talk about the best couples? We want to talk about the worst. You know, um, spe- speaking of the other podcast, though, that made me laugh is I can't remember who it was on Twitter that was like, I already know that Kirby's not going to be on here. And we're like, well, you know, see, actually, he I, I felt very smug. That was our friend Chris, who is part of the, the Geek Vibes Nation family. And I was feeling very smug going, you know what? Kirby was on that list. You know, it's funny in my Discord right now, they're going on about how much they love Kirby right now, and it got me thinking about the podcast. I was like, hey, we just did that. (laughs) We love Kirby. Kirby is the best. Um, And again, we so we gave you that one for free, guys. But if you want to find out who else was on our top favorite video game characters, again, you got to check it out. But I'm excited for our top 10 worst TV and movie couples. 
Um, I feel like we've done maybe something like this before in the past, but Brittany and I have literally been doing the top 10 probably for about two years now. So it's time to like update the list. It's time to get into it. Um, and before we jump into the fun, of course, you know, I always got to give a shout out to our friends over at Stranger Damies. Stranger Damies is a D&D podcast from the main Damie family of podcasts. They stream every Wednesday. You can, of course, find them on Twitter and Instagram at Stranger Damies. Mark, Ant, and Dan are really good friends of ours. They also have a podcast called They Call This a Movie where they do some awesome um, podcasts about really bad movies. So if you want to laugh while, you know, and, and sometimes, listen, honestly, Sometimes movies you like end up on their list. Like, I love the movie League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, and they went through that movie. It kind of brought a little oh, tear to my eye, but, you know. <laughs> but they are amazing. And they also have a sister podcast called Game Vault Podcast um, that streams, streams on Twitch. So make sure you check that out. But, uh, yeah, so please make sure you check out Stranger Damies. Really great guys. And Brittany... I think we should just dive into our top 10 worst TV and movie couples because I'm just excited to see what's on your list because you actually texted me going that you were, like, excited and that you liked your list. So it's like, oh, I like hearing that type of enthusiasm. So why don't you start us off with number 10? I, I laugh because I have uh, two are from the same show, and I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. If they're bad, they're bad. Since I have watched this show, though, I am going to do what Alex and Piper from Orange is the New Black. Oh, thank you. Yes, yes. Okay, go ahead. You know, sitting back and, like, thinking about it, I remember, you know, I remember years ago I had first moved into, like, my first house, and I sat there. And I remember setting everything up, and it was like, God, oh, we're tired, but, you know, shit's moved in, it's awesome. And it was when Netflix had just really become a thing, right? And mm-hmm. I remember we downloaded Netflix, the subscription, and I remember my parents were still over, and we put on Orange is the New Black, and we're like, this, this is the greatest thing. I remember my parents stayed there for hours. We just watched, like, the whole almost season of Orange is the New Black. And, you know, and at first, you know, I really loved Alex and Piper together, right? I was like, oh, you know, they're great. I love, I, like, because I hated uh, Piper's husband. And I can't remember Larry. Larry. God, Larry's oh, a lame name. Larry. <laughs> My uncle's <laughs> name is Larry, and I still fucking hate that name. <laughs> like, great um, But, you know, but as the series went on, I was like, God, I was like, you know, at first you really feel sorry for Piper, right? You're like, oh, she's so good. And then she just becomes fucking annoying. And at first you're like, mm-hmm. Alex is the bad one. You know, she's the grungier type. You know, she's the one that got, uh, what, didn't she get Piper in trouble? Or what was it about it? Well, the whole reason why Piper's in jail is because Alex named Piper while she was trying to get a plea bargain because she's like, you know, she was caught with like a shit ton of drugs and facing um, like life in prison. She already had to like give names up just to even get 10 years in prison. It's just crazy. Um, one thing I sat there, I was like, I was like, God, Alex is the worst. But then I looked at the series, and keep in mind, it's been a long time since I watched, so I'm not always going to get everything right. But it's like freaking um, 
What was it? I'm trying to think. I had it right on the tip of my tongue. Um, oh, God, I, I had it, and then I lost it, because I was thinking about when um, Piper screwed Alex on that one thing. Oh, wait, when did you find out that Piper didn't even hardly care that um, Alex is, I think, was it her mom or her dad passed away? Her mom. And she just basically, like, laughed at all. I can't remember. Remind me. Didn't she, like, laugh at all or just basically, like, was not, you know, so, like, didn't go to the funeral with her or something. And I was like, dang. So this like, is, I don't mean to cut off. So I do remember that whole thing, right? Because when Piper and Alex met, like, Alex was already in the drug smuggling trade and you're it's pretty much like alluded that they dated for a while and alex um you know piper sorry piper went overseas with alex was with her um and then there's that one time that alex asked piper to like help with the drug run and i think that that's when piper's like i don't want this life anymore we're done i want to go home and so they had already broken up, and that's when Alex finds out that her mom passed away. And she's like, can you please come with me? And Piper's like, we broke up, remember? And Alex is like, I know we broke up, but you, like, can't even be there for me? Like, oh, yeah. So, yeah, that, that was it. Sorry, go ahead, though. No, it's okay. It's just, like I said, it's been so long since I've seen it. But at first, I really shipped him. I was like, man, you know, I like Alex and Piper so much more. But, you know, she did such a shitty tour, you know, and all these things. But it's just like throughout the series, you're like, Piper is kind of an awful, shitty fucking human being. <laughs> like, I did not end up liking her at all. And I haven't finished up the full series, but I know it gets worse, which I think Alex does end up screwing Piper again on a bargain like I think Piper ended up not taking the deal and Alex did or it was vice versa but they just did not they were not meant for one another that was just a destruction at first I would be like I almost put Larry but I was like you know what they deserve better but they do not deserve one another (laughs) it's funny because Orange is the New Black is based on uh, the real Piper's uh telling i forget what her real last name is because it isn't chapman but the real piper was dating a woman named alex did do a drug thing right and 10 years later she's like engaged to larry and then gets in trouble and takes the 15 month you know bargain right um but in real life Alex and Piper are never in the same prison with each other, and Piper gets out of prison and ends up marrying Larry. So obviously they went in a different direction for the show, but like you said, I totally was shipping Alex and Piper. I loved Orange is the New Black when it first came out, because I think it was, what, one of the first original series on Netflix, and Cindy and I loved that. Every season for probably the first four seasons – when the new season would come out, she would either come to my house or I would go to her house and we would watch like the first couple of episodes together of the new season. And I liked them together at first and, and I didn't like Larry (laughs) at all. And then as yeah, no, she's still an awful character. But then as time went on, as you said, Alex became really annoying. Not Alex. I'm sorry. Piper. I keep, I don't know why I keep getting them confused. Piper. 
Piper fucking sucked. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I hated Piper. I really, I sat there and was like, I was like, you know what? I feel so sorry for, and you know, there's times that Mary Sue's don't bother me, you know, um, and every now and then you kind of like writing a little bit of Mary Sue, just because it makes the story go along, right? But, I mean, she mm. marries Sue, like, she was, like, the epitome of a Mary Sue, but a Mary Sue in her own story, and everybody realizing, you know what? Fuck you. Well, I hated how a she was so pretentious about prison. Like, her sitting, you see the flashbacks of her saying to Larry, like, oh, I'm reading all these books about how to survive prison, and I'm going to get really buff in prison, and acting as if she was, like, going to a country club. And then she's only there for, like, a month until before she's like, I know everything. I'm such a badass. Like, you want to fuck with me? I'm, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, sit the fuck down. Please. And shut up. (laughs) I'm still not over what they did to Pusey. We don't talk about that. (laughs) That honestly, I'm one of those people that, you know, certain things will get me to stop watching a show. Just like how I stopped watching The Walking Dead for a really long time once Egan killed Abraham. (laughs) But once they. Once they killed off Pusey, I really felt like that was so unnecessary. Because it's, all right, I've watched shows before where characters get killed off, you know? Um, But I just felt like it was so unnecessary to do that, that I couldn't find any sort of justification for killing her off. And especially in the way they killed her off, that I was like, you know what? This show doesn't know what it's doing anymore. (laughs) I know. I I just at by the like there's a reason I stopped watching. Yeah, but I definitely ended up really disliking Piper and Alex's relationship, particularly because of Piper. I mean, Alex kind of always was just who Alex was. She never at least in the seasons I watched and I watched seasons 1 through 4, she never really changed who she was. She was who she was, and she wasn't going to say particularly change that or try to dissuade you from seeing that if that makes sense you never lied um, she was. yeah she was very honest she was a drug runner you know she maybe isn't like the nicest of people but you know she is who she is and I appreciate that. So it's like I appreciate I appreciate the characters who are horrible characters as long as they're honest that they're horrible characters, like, if that makes like, sense. Huh? Like Blaine? From iZombie, yes. They're yeah. horrible, but they're honest about how horrible <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I, I agree with this. I can agree with this, Tia. You know what was the worst Piper moment? Um, I don't know if you remember this, but remember when she she and Alex broke up and then she got with the character that Ruby Rose played and she thought that she was so like she thought her shit didn't stink because she was able to like bounce away from Alex and get with Ruby Rose. And I'm like, Piper, stop thinking that you're like hot shit. You're not. (laughs) Yeah. I forgot about the Ruby Rose situation because it was a big deal when she entered the show. 
Which was really weird because she really wasn't in a lot of episodes and she didn't have a lot of speaking parts. I mean, listen, don't get me wrong. Like, Ruby Rose is fire, right? So it's like, I totally get it. But it was just crazy because they did promote it so much. And when you look back at that season, you're like, you know, she's hardly in it. (laughs) Right? You're like, I get you. I get you. But I also don't get you. Listen. A lot of people questioned themselves when Ruby Rose came on the scene. I know oh, I people who were like, ah. <laughs> huh? I said, I can't even argue that. I, me either, honestly. Me either. I was like, I understand completely. Um, which begs to reason that Alex, not Alex, sorry, why do I keep saying not Alex, Piper kept getting like women out of her league. Is that bad for me to say? I- I mean, Ruby Rose, Alex, I was like, damn, you are, like, getting girls that are way out of your league. Because everybody (laughs) feels sorry for her. (laughs) Oh, the poor, the poor girl who, like, like, her thing was, um, this is how, I, I know I keep going on, but this is how annoying she was, right? You had certain characters, like Tasty, who literally had nowhere else to go after prison. To the point where Tasty literally committed a crime again to get back to prison. He had nowhere to go. And Piper's sitting there like, oh, yeah, once I get out, me and my fiancé, we're going to get married. And me and my best friend have, like, a soap company. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. No one wants to hear this. Like, literally no one wants to hear this. Companies. What did you say? I said, it's always a fucking soap company. <laughs> it's all, yeah, right? They're like, what's the most pretentious, like, um, waspy thing that we can yeah, do? Yeah, how did I say this in a way that's a little bit better? It's like, oh, yes, waspy, thank you. Waspy. <laughs> I think she even says at some point, she's like, I'm a wasp. And I'm like, yes, you are. You're yeah, like the was- epitome. <laughs> you know, I never heard that term until you told me it. I, to be honest with you, I never really heard that term before. Two things before Sex and the City, because um, the character. God, oh, we started it. We started uh, it. Going to continue. The character Charlotte was always described as waspy, um, and then this. I don't know why this like. It uh, sticks out in my head, right? But there was this cooking show on, like, Create Network or whatever, right? Where it was, like, Mo Rocca's, like, grandma's ravioli or some shit, right? Where every episode he would go to, like, an older, like, typically a grandma, but sometimes a grandpa. And he would go to, like, different households and, like, have their grandma show them what they make for their family, and there was this one woman, and she, you know, she was a nice woman, but they lived on this, like, really nice estate and everything, and blah, 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 like, obviously very wealthy, and she's like, well, one of the things that I make for my my grandchildren is a lettuce sandwich, and Mo was like, what? And, and, she, and she's like, yes, you get two things of nice white bread with some mayo, and you lay down the lettuce and a little salt and pepper and that's it and he was like that is the waspiest thing i have ever fucking heard i, 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 I was like 
Oh, uh, but to be fair, the lettuce sandwiches were to um, eat alongside the fucking lobster that she cooked up for her grandkids. <laughs> oh, my God. You know what? I want to be one of her grandkids. Please adopt me. But I, I mom, accept the wasp. I accept the wasp. My mom was going to be listening to this going, ooh, four-pound lobsters. <laughs> All right. My, my mom loves her lobsters. But um, anyway, yes, great way to start off the list. Um, I'm going to go with the next one, and I am going to pick a couple from one of my favorite shows ever, but I think that their relationship wasn't good. And it's going to be Joe and Cameron from Halt and Catch Fire. Oh, shit. I knew I, I knew there had to be something from that show. You love that show too much for it not to well, be some I, couple. Well, I can't do Gordon and Donna. I actually really loved Gordon and Donna together. I hated that they divorced. <laughs> you I know that. Another couple in there that I thought uh, that you might put. Who? Oh, so you don't, you don't have anybody else from that show, right? No. Uh, who uh, Gordon got with after the divorce? Uh, that's not even worth mentioning. <laughs> that oh, relationship didn't even exist to me. <laughs> no, but um, Phil. We said that we were going to be snarky on this one, <laughs> but I'm going to do I'm going to do Joe and Cameron from Halt and Catch Fire. So yes, I love this show. It ran from 2014 to 2017 on AMC. It stars Lee Pace, Scoot McNary, uh, Mackenzie Davis, and Carrie Beach. Um, it takes place in the 80s, all centering around the computer boom, um, and I love it so much, this show. And Lee Pace plays Joe McMillan, and Mackenzie Davis plays Cameron, right? And it's like, individually, their characters are fine. I mean, granted, Joe is an asshole, and Cameron is like a rebellious, like, you know, rocker and everything, but... They get together in the first season, and I feel like their relationship really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Like, I know that there's a thing opposites attract, right? But in this case, I just felt as if not only were they so opposite, but their personalities clashed. Because you had Joe, who was very, like, salesman, corporate America, very emotionalist in a lot of ret- in a lot of aspects and very like why are you so emotional sort of guy whatever and then Cameron who you know was very like rebellious and you know very uh messy right I mean she's living out of her like backpack at some point she like doesn't care a whole lot sometimes about personal hygiene and whatever so you have her but then she's also like she's very like in a sense emotional because um she gets angry when like Joe can't see Joe or Gordon can't see the emotional aspects to putting together a computer like what it will do to bring people together like there's at some point at the end of season 1 where Joe and Gordon decide to take her iOS um not iOS sorry her OS system 
out of the computer and she's like that's the heart of the computer like that's what makes it special that's what people will connect with and they're like who cares it's all about sales and selling you know so I never thought that their relationship made a whole lot of sense with them being together and I'm sorry were you trying to say something I don't want to like interrupt (laughs) no no you're fine I I didn't say anything oh okay sorry um which Nicole's you know how it is where it's like I don't want to keep talking if they like if the other person wants to like jump in and say something right (laughs) I know I get you I'm like that all the time I'm I'm just enjoying I'm enjoying the ride well so I mean they're together for a huge amount of time in the first season and it's not just that it's a lot of things too I mean Joe is so like has so much commitment issues, right? I mean, to me, there's this one point in the show where Cameron meets um, Joe's ex-boyfriend who tells Cameron essentially, you know, if you're looking for this guy to be a certain type of way with you, you're looking in the wrong place. And she even asked Joe at some point, are you going to get bored of me? And he goes, I don't know. Like, oh, oh, my like, God. <laughs> did you not feel like like part of me with their relationship just felt like the only reason they were together was for basically for him to be borderline abusive to her for the shit that he would pull to just fuck with her. You know, not saying he, he did was. it, but it was fucked up. Like, where you're like, so, this hurts me. Well, so... What Brittany's talking about is so, again, they bring in Cameron because she is a software engineer and, um, you know, Joe starts working for this company, Cardiff Electric, where Gordon is, say, the hardware, like, designer and Joe's the salesperson and they want to make a computer so obviously they need software so they bring Cameron in and she spends a lot of time working on like the BIOS code and there's at some point where you think that Cameron fucked up and wiped the entire BIOS code and they had to get Donna to come in to recover it was this whole big thing Cameron felt like shit the entire episode everyone's blaming her saying like that she's so irresponsible yeah, and then at the very end of the episode, you find out that she didn't do anything wrong. Joe purposely, like, wiped the shit, but he backed it up so that it was there. And he only did it because they were going to have a reporter come in, and he was like, oh, well, it, it made for a good story. But it's like they traumatized, you know, he traumatized Cameron, didn't even think of, like, telling her why that was a big deal. And he even, he says so many times, like, why is she getting so emotional or it's just business, you know, and stuff like that. And so you have that. And that's just the first season. It's <laughs> just the first season. It's just like a constant shitstorm. It is. I mean, and a lot of it has to do with like, oh, as a person, just sometimes not feeling human and not knowing really how to process the human emotions. Because he. He And he screws over Cameron because I think he doesn't, say, even register that what he's doing is wrong. And then when Cameron gets upset, it's either Joe's like, I don't know why you're getting so upset. Or then Joe is like, oh, oh, well, I'm so sorry, you know, blah, blah. And Cameron's like, you know what? No, <laughs> I need to date a human being. 
Good on her, though. He's such a fucking shit person. Jesus Christ. Yeah, so I didn't think that their relationship worked. Um, There's at some point that they get back together in season four, but the show ultimately ends with them not being with each other, and I think that that was a good decision. Yeah, (laughs) you know, can I tell you, I would have been mad if they stuck together and Donna and Gordon were the ones that didn't stick together. (laughs) I kind of want that to happen. You get pissed off. Every once in a while, I hear someone go, oh, imagine if they brought back Halt and Catch Fire. And I'm like, cool, cool. But can we retcon a little aspect in Gordon's storyline? Because I don't know if I want to watch the show without Gordon in it. <laughs> I know. I, that was killing him off, which is, spoiler, uh, uh, was the worst fucking mistake. Because there's times that, like, with me going into computer science, I'm like, yeah, it's like, I really want to watch it from scratch. But then I'm like, I know that part's coming and it's hard. I mean, to be fair, it's in the last season, and it's like the third to last you season in the series. I, I haven't, because I've, I spoiled it for myself. I looked on Tumblr, and I found it out, and I, I said to myself, N-. but to be fair, like, I'll be completely honest, right? I love Halt and Catch Fire as a whole, but I'm not the biggest fan of season four um, because they break up Gordon and Donna, they kill off Gordon, um, they concentrate way too much on Gordon and Donna's kids who are now teenagers, um, and then they get, I don't give a fuck about them, and then they get Gordon with that girl who, like, was, it, it was as if they were trying to sprinkle it, like, hey, we know that, like, you really liked Gordon and Donna together, and I know we keep teasing in the show that they love each other still, but we got to give Gordon a girlfriend to kind of show you that Donna and Gordon aren't getting back together. Because I'm telling you, in season four, there are multiple times where it's so obvious how much that Gordon and Donna still love each other. Like, they call each other every night to talk to each other on the phone. Gordon, like, you know, bails Donna out of jail when she gets arrested for drunk driving. And he tells her that he, well, it, to me, I thought it was funny because actually the first episode of the series starts with Donna picking up Gordon from the police station for drunk driving. So it comes full circle here. Uh, um, I like how the drunk driving so normal there, you know. It's the 80s. <laughs> I like how you say here when the show took place in Texas. <laughs> well, yeah. Brittany wanted to take a jab at New York so bad that she was like, I'm lining it up. Oh, she keeps talking about drunk driving. I'm lining it up to make a joke about New York. And it's like, girl, the freaking first two seasons took place in Texas. I didn't even think about New York. Oh, I I'm thinking about it. Maybe you're projecting. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, so Joe and Cameron from Halt and Catch Fire, definitely my number nine. Brittany, what is your number ten? Oh man, um, let me look. Let, let me, let me, uh, let me see here. 
Um, I'm gonna go with uh Joel and Miriam from Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Um, <laughs> I was like, at first, I sat there and I go, who, 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 and I was like, yes, yes. Go, ahead. go ahead. Okay, all you, all you. Okay. <laughs> So, um, I watched it for the first time when I was visiting Tia in New York. Uh, God, it's been, like, what, two years now? A year? Wait, when? Like, I'm trying to think how long it's been. And I remember- You were here. You were here for New York Comic Con 2019, and I think that's the last time we've seen each other because you have to remember 2020 hit and fucking COVID it was like ha 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 friendships won. <laughs> I know, and I remember it was so sad because my brother was getting married, and I was like, oh, it's like I'm not going to be able to go this year, and then you know what? It didn't end up mattering anyways. Um, but I was going to say, you know, we watched the first season together. And just, like, Joel's thing is, like, he's so desperate to be something he's not. And to watch him be so jealous, so fucking petty that his wife is better than him in every single fucking way. Especially that he just wasn't funny. You can't teach someone how to be that funny. What what do they say you're either born with or you're not? The man fucking divorces her over how, because his fragile ego couldn't take that. And he left her, he left her for his secretary. He was also having an affair the whole time. Oh, shit. And it's like, you know, it's like, you know, Miriam, I can't remember, do they call her Miriam in the show? What they mostly the- call her. They mostly call her Midge. Midge. That's what, I couldn't remember what they called her because, like I said, it's been a while. I just remember I fucking hated them together because it kind of like it's funny because they do kind of laugh like laugh shit off in that show. Where the things that you're like, oh, it's stressful. This is gonna be a big plot point, and it's like he's leaving you, you know. And her parents are blaming her, and you're like, this is shitty. But it's just kind of all laughed off. Like they don't make it permanently very stressful. If that makes sense, but um, you know, watching her, you know, I, didn't he actually sit? He's upset about it, and then he actually sees her performing. He's like, holy shit, she's good. Yeah, at the end of the, of the first season, he sees her perform, and he's like, she's good. Like, she's really good. And he gets, like, mad because um, he, like, hears these guys, like, heckling her because she's a woman in the 50s trying to do stand-up. And he actually, like, beats the shit out of them outside the bar. But anyway, go on. I'm sorry. No, and it's like, I do gotta love that, just because it was like, you know, he's kind of seeing the error of his way, but I was just like, holy, I was like, you know, I guess it's like, he didn't care when she fucking joked that she fed seafood to the rabbi, and laughed it off, <laughs> you know, we gotta get, you know, back in his graces, which I didn't realize that was such a big thing, because, you know, and you'll remember, it, it's like, we don't have a big Jewish population, so a lot of things flew over my head, and, like, hearing you, like, tell me, like, how fucking bad that was, I was like, oh, no, that's fucking awful, how did she get away with that, you know, it was just fucking, I don't know, I just thought it was the most hilarious thing I had ever heard, I loved it. Well, so, all right, so to go to, like, Brittany's point, and, you know, full disclosure, I'm not Jewish, um, but I do know that, uh, you know, there are, just like, 
certain Catholics adhere to Lent and certain Catholics don't. Um, if you're someone who's in the Jewish faith, you know, I've met people who are Jewish but still eat pork and seafood, but some don't. So in the 50s and, you know, being, I guess, in a, an Orthodox Jewish family, it was Midge's marriage, and she's doing, like, a speech, and she says, like, oh, and there's shrimp in the egg rolls. And you just see, and you just see all, I'm sorry, I have to correct myself. It's not all fish, shellfish. Um, and you just see everyone freaking out, and like you see in the back, bitch's mom like trying to comfort the rabbi and say that, oh, she's just joking, she's just joking. <laughs> I just love that like, everyone was so upset, and it took so many like so long to be well, able and- to get in his good graces again because she fucked up so bad. <laughs> and so you were saying that sometimes they laugh things off in the show, and that was something that was. There, so when Joel was telling Midge that he was leaving her, she says something, and I forget, I it could have been Passover, but again, I can't remember which holiday it was beforehand, but they were supposed to have the rabbi over for that, and she's like, it's taken us years to have the rabbi over, and you're doing this now when we're finally getting the rabbi. <laughs> uh, and, like, didn't she... Um... Oh, it was her, what was it, roast beef, or what was it that was so popular? Oh, her brisket. I do love me some fucking brisket. I will I not lie. I, I, I would happily take that brisket. I, every time she made it and she, like, transported, I'm like, whoever that's going to is going to be really happy. <laughs> right? But, oh, um... Loved it so much. I just thought it was such a good show. And and it's like, but he was such a fucking prick. I was like, dude, this guy sucks. You know, and I understand he gets a little bit light, better later on, but I, I still wanted her with Lenny Fruits. I still wanted her with Lenny Fruits. He gets a little better, but I still think that even if he as a character develops more, I still don't want them back together. Because in season three they had him kind of dating this other girl and it was a decent relationship. And so I said there like Midge and Joel can be friends with each other. You know, they're exes, they have children together. So I'm not saying, you know, cut them completely out of each other's lives, but I think that it should be shown that a, they were very young, obviously because it was the fifties when they got together. Um, And, and she was trying to be this you know, perfect little idea of what a 1950s, you know, housewife should be when that wasn't her. And he, and it's like, he respects that because you can see to a degree what he's always loved about Midge is her personality. But at the same time, it's like, he knows enough that it's like, if he's with her, he's just going to hold her back. Um, And that's the thing. But yeah, oh God, I hate them as a couple. I love the show. Love the show. Hate them as a couple. Like, because the first episode is literally like her explaining her whole life. And as you said, Joel is like trying to do this thing in stand up comedy, but he's not good. And he steals his jokes. That was the thing that is revealed that he steals his jokes. And Midge is like, You steal your jokes? And he's like, Oh, everyone does that. And she's like, Lenny Bruce doesn't do that. Lenny Bruce doesn't steal his jokes. <laughs> and I was going to say, wasn't she writing some of his jokes at some point? She, 
Not only was she writing some of his jokes, but she would go to his um, performances and take notes of, say, what worked, what didn't work. So it's like she was always, like, he the mastermind. Her. He didn't. Oh, my God. When, she t- when he told her, because this is how much of a, a baby he was. Like, I don't know if you remember, because it's been a little while, but for those who, if you remember, that's fine, but it, for those who are listening, it's like, what do you call it? The first episode, um, he goes, say, back to the comedy thing, and he's all stressed out because, um, you know, Midge messed up a little, I guess, on washing his sweater. So there's a few holes, and he can't, you know, break that away from it. And he has a really bad night where, like, no one laughs. And he, like, he takes that out on her, and he's like, I'm leaving you. And she's like, you're leaving me because you didn't do good one night. You know, and he's like, no, well, I've been having an affair with my secretary and I'm leaving you. And she's just like, and as you said, like, I hated that for practically the first season and maybe even the second season, her like parents kept being like, well, what did you do wrong? You know, what did you do wrong? You got to get him back, you know, blah, blah. And I was like, motherfucker, what? (laughs) What do you mean she has to get him back? (laughs) I, know, I hate that mentality. Time. I was like, I hate this. I hate this. Yeah, so I definitely hated her with Joel. Um, obviously, I wanted her to get with Lenny so badly. Did you watch season three? I don't think I did. I just love Lenny Bruce. I can't help it, Tia. Season Season three, like, I hate to use this, but blue-balled us. Like, no. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Like, season three, her and Lenny meet up, and there's that one point where they're just staring at each other, like, looking. And I'm like, they've never done, like, these, like, long, like, silent stares. And she's just like, you're looking at me. And he's like, I know. And she says something like, kind of like a joke where she's like is there something on my face and he's like i just didn't know how to tell you and i'm like why are they teasing me like this (laughs) um and what was i gonna say i dislike joel and midge so much that obviously i want midge and lenny to get together but they introduced this other character in season two called ben and I kind of liked her relationship with Ben. Um, so it's like, all right, if she can't get with Lenny, I'd at least like her to get back with Ben. And that would be okay because Ben was kind of funny. And he was really odd and peculiar too. And he liked her because she was so odd and peculiar. I love odd and peculiar. I like it. I say that word my mouth. Golly. Well, no, there's literally a scene, there's literally a scene in season two where they're like, the whole, the family is at this country club, right? And uh, Midge's mother is overhearing this one woman talk like, oh, my son, Ben, you know, he's this doctor and he's so eligible, but I can't get him to get with the girl. He says, I need someone who's really weird. And Midge's mom's like, I have a daughter who's really weird. (laughs) remember i like him a lot why did they not end up uh ending up together because he was still like always go 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 or 
why Midge and Ben, they never, you know, the thing is, is that they broke them up really strangely. It's like they were together in season two, right? And then Ben proposed to Midge, like even got her father's permission, even though that's so old school, but you know, 1950s, whatever. Um, And that was going to happen. And then at the very end of season two, Midge and Joel sleep together, but they don't get back together. And then it's not really spoken about in season three until like the very end when Ben like confronts Midge and he's like, you know, and she like, he's like, you just broke things off of me. And she's like, well, I was going on a world tour, you know, and shit like that. Like, I didn't want you to have to choose. And he's like, that was my decision to make. He was like, you should have oh, just shit. told me. I don't know. I was just like, Midge, what the fuck? <laughs> well, why are you the way that you are? But, and for yeah. Joel? For Joel? Joel? <laughs> okay. I, I, <laughs> now that we're on this, like, train, my number seven, I wasn't going to put in this spot, but I want to put in this spot because I have, it's like, it just reminded me when we were like, for Joel? Uh, <laughs> and it's going I, to be... What'd you say? Oh, I said I need to know. It's going to be Ed and Karen from For All Mankind. Um, Uh. (laughs) So, For All Mankind is a show on Apple TV+, and the second season is almost finished. Um, By the time this comes out, there will only be one episode left, but so there are going to be some spoilers here, so, you know, for those who are listening. Um, And it's all, like, about the space race and an alternative history you know, because in real life, America was the first person to put a man on the moon, right? Not the first person, the first country to put a man on the moon. And in the show, it's Russia, the Soviet Union, that's the first um, country to put a man on the moon. So everything in this show is kind of like an alternative universe as to, like, what if the space race never ended, right? So... Joel Kinnaman is one of the main characters. He plays Ed. He's married to this woman, Karen, and I hate their relationship <laughs> so much. It's just, it's one of those things that it feels as if, like, so, like, cookie cutter. And it's, I, I don't know how to really, truly describe it. It's as if they both fell into these roles that they're supposed to be in this relationship, but there's really no reason other than the fact that they're married and have a kid that they're together. Like, they're not together because they, like, love each other, per se, if that makes sense. More like they're together out of uh, uh, convenience. Yeah, and so I'll give a few other, like, reasons as to why I don't like their relationship. One being, in season one, um, the show explores female astronauts because um, they're – so I don't have, like, the history in front of me, so I'm just, like, going off the top of my head, but it is interesting to talk about. So in real life, in, say, I think the 1960s or something, there was a program called Mercury 13, and it was a program to pretty much test whether or not women could pass the same um, physical and whatever other requirements that male astronauts could, and they did. Every woman – 
part of the Mercury 13 program passed the same exact test the men did, but they never got to go to space um, because it was the 1960s. And just because they passed didn't mean that, you know, oh, can't put a woman in space yet. No. Uh, You know. (laughs) So the show kind of course corrects that and brings women into the fold much sooner than in real life. And there's this whole like program and yada, yada. And like bet the Ed's wife, Karen is so like old school traditionalist that she hates it. She starts getting like mad and she gets mad at Ed for not agreeing with her. Cause um, there's this one woman part of the program, Molly, who has been selected to accompany Ed to the moon. Right. And, and Karen's like so mad at it. She's like, aren't you mad, Ed? You know, you've been doing this for years and everything. And, you know, she just comes in. Meanwhile, Molly is was one of the original people in the Mercury 13 program that they bring back like 10 years later when they are doing the current. So it's not like she just came in and she passes everything. So she's Karen is so mad. And Ed's like, I don't know. She past all of her requisites, you know, like, yeah, I don't like, care. Nice about it. He's like, oh, okay. Yeah, whatever. Okay, fine. And so Karen's like really pissy. And another reason in season one that I dislike her, see their relationship, I dislike really just solely because I dislike her character. But um, another thing is in season one, right? There's at some point where I guess all of the astronaut wives get together to watch, you know, their husbands launch and watch them in space. And because Molly now is in space, her husband, Wayne, goes to Karen's house to watch things. But Karen's so dismissive of him, right? Like she hates that Wayne is there. She like doesn't even really talk to him or anything like that and she gets like so mad that he's even in her house that she even like quickly shuts off the tv and tells everyone they need to go and she's so bitchy about it and he like try and like at some point he kind of like snaps her out of it a little where he's like my wife could die up there and you're such a stuck-up bitch that you can't even like give me any comfort or anything like that you know our both of our spouses are up there together and they could die, and you don't even want to talk about it because she's of so, what? She's waspy. She's waspy in a mean, so hateful way. Waspy. So waspy. And so then, <laughs> and so then in season two, which takes place like thirteen years after season one, um, it seems like Karen's gotten like a little better. Like she owns a bar now, and you know, seems like a little like not so 1960s housewife sort of thing um but then it's like what the fuck this whole plot line i have to ask the writers like why did you write this in so she's with ed right played by joel kinnaman you know whatever everyone knows that i like joel kinnaman so i'm a little biased here but you know she's with him and at some point in season two, they bring in this character, Danny Stevens, who's the 18-year-old son of Gordo and Tracy, who are the best friends of Ed and Karen, right? And at some point they have, and again, spoiler alert, because I know the season's still going on. At some point they have Karen and Danny sleep together. Like, so Karen. Gross. 
who at this point in this at this point in the story has to be i think in her like maybe late 30s early 40s they never really say the like age i'm just guessing but sleeps with like this eight the 18 year old son of her best friends who she used to babysit when he was a kid because he would is so gross it's so gross and then so in this past episode she tells ed that she slept with someone that she had an affair and he's about to go to space by the way (laughs) like this is right before he goes to space (laughs) and she's just like well, when you come back, we have to go to counseling. And he's like, wait, wait, wait. You don't get to drop this on me and just be like, well, we're, we'll go to counseling. He's like, are, are you kidding right now? And I'm just like, I can't. If it was on the other foot, she would be like, I, I can't believe you. You're sick. You know, I'm leaving you, blah, blah. She's like, you're not leaving me. We're just going to go through counseling. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Yeah. I'm just like, are you kidding me? He's just like, are you fucking kidding me right now? And she's just like, well, something's broken, Ed. You know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I'm just, I can't. I can't. So I mostly dislike this relationship because of Karen. Um, well, not really been- because of Ed. I was just going to say, I mean, they hit the nail on the head by naming her Karen. <laughs> oh, my God, right. And, I mean, there's just, I don't know, I just dislike her. And she's, again, just very, like, uppity, right? Um, yeah. Because in season two, and this will be the last thing I say about it, right? So the two of them had a son in season one who died at some point later in the season. And then by the time season two comes around, which, again, it's been like 13 years in between, they ha- they adopted a daughter, uh, Kelly, who is graduating high school trying to decide what she wants to do in life. And she's deciding that she wants to go into the Navy. And Karen's, like, so against that. And, like, he kind of throws it in Kelly's face every time. Like, right right before Karen tells Ed that she had an affair, Ed is coming in to say, like, hey, they they moved up the launch date. I'm going to be going tomorrow. Um, And Kelly's like, oh, you know, love you, Dad, you know, blah, blah, blah. And Karen's like, you see, Kelly, this is what you, you know, your dad can't promise us that he's going to come home safe and everything because that's just, you know, he can't do that. It's irresponsible. That's what you have to deal with, you know, being in the Navy, you know, making your loved ones worried, sick. And I'm like, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Shut the fuck up. Oh, my God. Don't do what she could say to these like fictional characters sometimes shut the fuck up <laughs> you talk too gosh darn much so anyway that's my thoughts and feelings about ed and karen on you know for what? all mankind I, I i can't even disagree i i've heard you talk about this and i i it just sounds like when there's a shitty person people wonder sometimes you're like they're so shitty, you almost feel like it's unbelievable how shitty they are until you realize there really is people like that out there. Yeah, I mean, there has to be people who exist like that out there. I just, I don't understand the idea of making her character so unlikable. Um, I don't understand where they're coming at with that or anything. Um, but 
I don't know. I don't know with their characters. Um, I feel bad again for Ed that he literally has to go into space now thinking about that. Well, <laughs> I'm like, but, oh, that's- you know, I guess she told him right before then, like, I can't really do anything about it. Like, I'll give you some time to calm down before you come back. It's just, it's ridiculous. I don't know. So I don't like her character at all. And again, I just think the whole, like, her sleeping with Dan, like, okay. Her having an affair is bad enough, but even if she wasn't with Ed, right? The fact that she's, like, a 40-something-year-old woman sleeping with, like, the 18-year-old son of who her best friends are, I'm like, ew. It's gross. <laughs> it is really ew. gross. <laughs> That's really gross. Um, so, yeah, no. Ed and Karen, not a fan of their relationship yeah. at all. We have one more episode of For All Mankind Season 2. It'll be interesting to see what the fallout is of the big reveal uh, with Karen telling Ed about the affair. So I'll be interested to watch it. And the show has already been renewed for Season 3, so I am excited for that. At least one of the shows that I like has been renewed. (laughs) Oh, dear, buddy. Still not over them canceling American Gods. But anyway, let's go into number six. Brittany, what bad couple do you have for us? Well, that's the perfect segue to you because I'm going to go with Laura and Shadow Moon for American Gods. I was going to put that on my list. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I can change. I can change. No. I, I have others. Oh, no, Brittany, I have others too. It's perfectly fine. Yes, let's talk about this. <laughs> Let's talk about this. Um, I'm going to shout out Laura because, you know, from the get-go, one, Laura, you know, you don't know if she truly loves Shadow. She's mm-hmm. constantly wanting to kill herself, which is depressing enough as it is. And, you know, Shadow is so hopelessly devoted to her that, you know, he's uh, her uh, quote-unquote puppy, which is so demeaning as it is. And at first... I really did hate Laura. I was like, gee, she's a shit person, you know? Um, She dies with um, a Mm -hmm. certain something in her mouth um, from (laughs) from mine. She is uh, sucking off her uh, husband's best friend in the car when they have a car accident, later uh, known to be caused by Sweeney himself. And dies with junk in her mouth. And so you're just like, this is really shitty. You know, as the series goes on, you're like, God, you know, it's easy to hate her. And, you know, one thing with it, too, is as you kind of develop, like, loving Laura, you realize it's like, Shadow is just a shitty. Like, I get that, you know, she did cheat on him. But does that mean that she deserved to die or go through all the shit that she... You know, he kind of shrugs off the fact that, um, you know, Odin killed her. You know, he never really, like, she, he knows that, you know, he did that. And he kind of like, oh, yo, that's kind of the name of the game. Like, doesn't even blink about it because he's so obsessed with, like, his own life because he wants to be something important, which, you know, ends up biting him later on. So I can't really complain too much. <laughs> but, um, I don't know. It's just like as you, it's easy to just hate her, but when you go through life and you're like, he's kind of a shit person, and you know it's kind of easy to go, well, she was a shit uh, wife. You know, she convinces him to rob a place, and it ends up getting, uh, 
you know, being botched and he ends up in jail. They're just, I don't know. That's the short of it. They are just not made for one another. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, I think that the biggest issue with their relationship is that they weren't who they truly they weren't their real persons, right? Especially with Laura going into the relationship, right? We see Shadow think of Laura in such this, like, you know, ethereal way, right? Oh, she's my loving wife, you know, could do no wrong, blah, blah, blah. In reality, she was very bored with life. As you said, she, you know, tried to kill herself and everything. She um, put on a persona of who she was, around shadow like if you remember the flashback scenes from season one right how she's acting in front of shadow is so different than who we saw her act as the entire freaking show it's like she was never who she really was in front of shadow she was trying to be something different to kind of i guess mold herself into like something he would like and as you said she convinces him to do a robbery that it's going to put him in jail when he didn't want to do it anymore, right? And so that fucked up. Um, And obviously she had an affair while he was in jail and everything. Um, And so their relationship really, to me, just felt as if it was just fake from the beginning. And then, listen, didn't we say when we were doing our, like, top ten best moments for American Gods season three, we were like, yeah, we were really liking Shadow until that final episode because – it's like at no point does Shadow ever say to Odin, like, you killed my fucking wife. Like, you know, that never seemed to be something that he brought up. And then the fact that he's like telling Laura that he wants to be this big, powerful thing and, you know, fuck off pretty much, blah, blah. And I'm like, who they are now um, does not work with each other. And it never worked with each other. I hope they don't try to push them back together because it's like... <sighs> I don't know. They're just not made for one another. And it's like, he definitely, like, he's almost, like, straight up, like, just shitty, shitty to her. And it's like, yeah, I get it. She cheated on you. Uh, I think she kind of paid with death. Uh, you know, well, she says, that, she, she says that to Sweeney at some point in season two. Because he's like, oh, you know, what you did, blah, blah, blah. And she's like, I didn't know that was a fucking death sentence. Right. I know. I like uh, that one. Where it's like, I didn't know, yeah, I like that one. Yeah, so it's like, she definitely paid for it, like, in kind, too, um, which she calls it. So, I mean, and come on, we love Laura with Sweeney anyway, because I, they could both be shitty people together. <laughs> you know, it's like, where people are so unabashedly shitty, you're just like, that's a shitty person, and that's who they are, and I accept it. Kind of like Negan. <laughs> Well, didn't we say, like, Blaine from iZombie? It's like, you can be shit. Just admit that you're shit. <laughs> yeah, it's like, that, that, that's all we want out of you. That's all we want. No, I agree that Shadow and Laura are probably, like, the worst fitted couple. I actually, like, remember in season two, the first maybe four episodes, Laura kept saying that, well, for I know in season one her whole thing was to get back to Shadow, right? And then in season two, she's like, I have to go save Shadow. And I kind of loved the scene, even though it was heartbreaking, the scene when Wednesday said, oh, look, your heart is beating again. And it wasn't for Shadow. Like pretty much 
Like, stop this whole you trying to get back with Shadow thing. It's never going to happen, and nor should it ever happen. It's not a good idea. You guys are not good for each other at all. You're not, like, who each other wants to be, and you're not on the right path. Like, you know, it's just, they just at all, like, in season three, when Laura goes and talks to Shadow, and he's like, oh, do you really have to go and try and kill Wednesday? It's like, yes. He killed her. Did you forget that? (laughs) He almost was, like, more upset about her trying to do that rather than, you know, the fact that it happened at all. I I know. I know. It's like, what sense is it? Yeah, Shadow, I really liked Shadow in season three up until the last episode. And I was like, fuck you, Shadow. And when Shadow got, um, you know, the rug pulled out from under him in that finale, it's like, you know... That's what pride will get you. I know. You know, and I still want to know. Oh, we're never going to know. I want to know what's going to happen. So it's um, with reports, right, that Stars canceled American Gods. Um, so Stars is the distributor, right? Yes. Um, it goes on Stars. But the production company is Fremantle. And apparently Fremantle is trying to get either a TV movie or a limited series of, like, you know, maybe four episodes to wrap things up. Um, Because they put out a tweet or, like, a message, like, a week ago that said, we are very committed still to finishing American Gods, um, blah, 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 blah. And I, I even tweeted out to Neil Gaiman, who is the guy who wrote the original book, right? And I wrote that, you know, I just pretty much tagged him in an article like that. And he responded going, it's not dead. And I'm like, okay, well, can we know what's going the fuck on? <laughs> yeah, like, I, it's like, I want a little more information than that. Not to be greedy, but I need a little more than that. Like, are we getting closure? Or are we not getting closure? Because my thing is, so, listen. I've been through a lot of shows that have gotten canceled, right? <laughs> Daredevil, The Punisher, you know, Luke Cage, oh, Iron Fist. Yeah. But I'm, my point in saying, or even when iZombie was, you know, given its fifth and final season, right? The, the Twitter pages, the actors, right, always tweet out something thanking the fans. They've loved the ride, yada, yada, yada. I- seen that once with american gods like the only person who tweeted about it was ricky who pretty much like put this like instagram post out saying like don't lose hope everyone don't worry will we got this like pretty much telling everyone like it's gonna be okay like we're working very hard to finish this but the american gods twitter page or instagram hasn't put anything out nor have any of the actors so i'm like what do you guys know that we don't know? <laughs> yeah, because y'all are seeming real casual about this whole thing. Everyone's being quiet. Go on any of them. Yatede hasn't tweeted anything. Bruce hasn't tweeted anything. Like, none of the other actors have said anything in acknowledgement. And I'm like, you know, maybe, maybe they knew for a long time, and, like, maybe it's not a surprise or something, but, like, they know how big their fans are. You would think that they'd at least tweet out. So I'm like, 
to me, that just seems as a, I don't want to get my hopes up, but I also want to keep the faith. <laughs> right, right. Tia's like, I've been hurt too many times. Too many just, times. Just give us like a two-hour movie. Wrap it up, you know? I don't need a lot. I mean, yeah, would I have liked another season? Of course, duh. But just give me a fucking conclusion. I know. I, it's like it, your perspective changes when it goes between having a little, like having a lot or having a little. And so you're like, you know what? I'll take, I'll take a little. Well, um, you know, I listened back to our top ten uh, best moments from American Gods Season 3, Episodes 6 through 10. You know, and obviously we're sitting there going, come on, let's give us a season four, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, yeah, again, would have loved a season four. But at this point, you know, I guess beggars can't, can't be choosers. You get what you get. If they announce like, hey, we're going to give you a two and a half hour, three hour movie. We're going to wrap everything up and be like, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, you really bitch about it because at that point it's either that or nothing. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, Laura and Shadow are not a good couple. Um, If we do get a conclusion, right, I hope that's not something that they explore again. Because remember, the whole season ended with Bilquis, you know, seeing that Laura and Shadow are two halves. And I was like, no, no, I don't I don't like that. I don't like that. That's all I'm asking. Right. Yeah, if they're like, hey, you two are like siblings and spiritual, you know, blah, blah, I'd be like, okay, fine, that, you know, I'll, I'll live with that, but not them together. They are a terrible couple together. (laughs) I'm like a, you'd rather them be in an incestuous thing, like initially than them get back together. I, you know what? I respect that. Oh, Brittany, what else? What else oh, does yeah. the other half mean? Like, come on, man. I just wanted to make you sweat. Well, speaking of incest, that's a terrible segue. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so my number five is uh, this. this should be higher, right? But, again, I like touching upon things because I like going with the flow, right? And it's going to be Jon Snow and Daenerys Targaryen from Game of Thrones. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. That was a segue. I, I mean, listen, you, I, I, thought you, I thought you were about to pick my pick, and I was like, shit. And you said that. <laughs> I can it easy now. I know. Well, you took my Laura and Shadow. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, but not- oh, I I know who you're going to pick next. Okay, okay. No, that's okay. fine. They also you, deserve it. You pick it up what I'm putting down. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to do John and Daenerys from Game of Thrones. Um, Again, I loved Game of Thrones. Um, You know, I was late to the game. I'm not one of those people that watched it for 10 years straight or anything, but I did catch up on everything before the final season came out. And God, I hated this so much. I already saw in season seven that they were like kind of going in the direction that 
um, John and Daenerys were going to get together because, you know, they meet up in season seven and, you know, John is, uh, you know, he's Jon Snow and everything and Daenerys is like the breaker of chains, the mother of dragons, you know, they're the two, you know, they're two of the biggest pivotal characters in the show and so it's like, okay, they're probably going to hook them up because that's just what happens, right? And and they end up sleeping together in the season seven finale. But what already makes it so cringe is that you literally found out like five minutes beforehand that John is a Targaryen making him. Oh no. Oh no. (laughs) Making him and Daenerys related. Literally she's his aunt. And you find this out five minutes before fucking then seeing them start fucking. You know? I'm like, I'm like, like, we're going to give you a hot sex scene, but we're going to make you feel real weird about it. Like, that's real the thing. Weird. That's the thing. They don't reveal it afterwards, right? It'd be one thing. It's like, okay, here's your sex scene. And then you're like, oh, no, oh, no. It's like, no, we literally knew. So as we're watching it, we're like, no, no, don't do it. Don't do it. You know what you're doing right now. No. <laughs> They wanted to kill your boner. They were like, "Bonk, you're going to horny jail." Like they wanted to kill it. It was so bad. And then, so that already is a reason as to why they should have not been together. But another is that um, they didn't make sense with each other, right? In freaking in the context of the show, um, what you calls it, John is like the king of the north, right? And Daenerys is trying to be the ruler of the seven kingdoms, which would then be really uncomfortable because then it's like, well, John has been championing for all these seasons that the north will break away from the rest of the kingdoms and everyone rallies behind him because they're like, you're the king that we acknowledge. But then it's like, then he's with Daenerys who's like, well, the North is going to have to eventually bend the knee for me. And it's like, ooh, this is already uncomfortable. Um, And then in season eight is when Daenerys, like, went crazy and off the deep end. So it's just, like, the whole entire thing did not make sense at all. They didn't, you know, they weren't comfortable. And then (laughs) the funny, to me at least, I thought the conversation was funny and, like, you know, it's so bad sort of thing is John finds out like both of them find out that they're related and John's like freaked out. Like, Oh my God, you're my fucking aunt. But Daenerys, who's a Targaryen and they tell you in the beginning of the show that Targaryens all slept with each other. Right. So Daenerys doesn't even see it as a big deal. And John, you can tell is creeped the fuck out the entire time. So, like, anytime she, like, hugs him or kisses him, he's, like, you could just see on his face that he's, like, oh, no, <laughs> I'm in danger. <laughs> oh, no. That's why at the end, it wasn't that he thought he was saving the world. He's, like, I got to hide my dirty little secret that I slept with my aunt. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to kill her. I'm going to kill her. Uh, that was, Brittany, that was so frustrating. As someone who, like, because I know you watched season eight, but I watched all of this seasons i watched since season one right so i rooted for denarius i was like she 
Daenerys was like a feminist icon, right? Strong woman, breaking the chains that bind her, proving herself to be more than a small little fragile creature in everything. And you're like, you can't wait for her to get to the fucking Iron Throne and then for them to make her a fucking insane person in the last season and then to have it where she touches the Iron Throne. And the whole time I'm sitting there, I go, just sit in it. Just sit in it, Daenerys. Just sit in it. And she's just touching it. And then that's when freaking John kills her and she dies at the foot of the throne. And I sat there and said, I hate this show. <laughs> I hate I this show. <laughs> and you know, you sit there the whole time like, oh, he's going to be the true king because he's right and just, you know, and he's good and yada, yada. Yeah. And like, you thought, you thought wrong, boyo. Yeah, it's going to be Bran, who has, like, literally just had no role, no personality the entire freaking show, um, has not ever wanted the throne. And I heard some people are like, well, the, it, he's a good king because he never wanted the throne. I go, that's stupid. Shut up. Um, I, yeah, I feel like I'm saying I'm that like... a lot this podcast, but <laughs> just shut up. No, I, I will say. I will say the only thing that I liked about John's storyline in the last season is I didn't mind that he went to, like, he went off with Tormund and, you know, what is called the free folk in that show because he really loved being there, right? In the series, he when he went with them, and he discovered them. He ended up really loving their lifestyle. He fell in love with, I forget her name now, but he fell in love with one of the people in that group. And he had a real bond with Tormund and everything. So to me, I'm like, John really did feel as if he felt more at home with them than anyone else. So that made sense to me. But the fact that Bran was made the king, I was like, shut up, I can't. <laughs> Oh, it was bad. It was bad. I just, I like how it's so bad that, like, people love Game of Thrones, but you ever have an end of season so bad that people stop talking about it? I do feel as if, um, whatchamacallit, it has kind of tarnished its reputation a little because you sit there and you go, man, Game of Thrones is one of the best TV shows of all time. And someone's like, yeah, but I heard the last season sucked. And you're like, yeah, it did. It did. But the rest of the seasons, though, great. <laughs> they have lightning in a bottle and they let it out to you. They let it out. They tried to rush it. They rushed season eight. Um, no way did, no way should have it should have been six episodes. That was ridiculous. Every season prior to that, I believe, had ten episodes. And for everything that they were trying to wrap up, it should have been at least two seasons. Um, it made no sense. And I think the reason is because the creators were trying to rush it so that they can then go work on the Star Wars trilogy that Disney had given them, only for people to hate season eight so much and give us such a bad reputation that Disney decided to take away the trilogy from the showrunners. And it's like, see what happens when you, when oh, you uh, publish shit work. That. I, I did not know that. That's bad. Yeah. So the two guys who were behind game of Thrones, they were set to do a star Wars trilogy 
and you know disney i guess had a deadline right so they wanted to get work on that so they needed to wrap up uh game of thrones they wrapped it up and the reception to uh season eight was so bad that disney's like "Ah, no you don't get to do this anymore (laughs) that would suck that really would yeah, so, but yeah, so John and Daenerys are my number five. It's a terrible relationship that never should have happened. Just because you have two powerful characters in a show together doesn't mean you get to hook them up with each other. And if you're going to hook them up with each other, don't make them related. I don't know why John had to be a Targaryen. That was an awful plot line to me. I hate, I hated that so much. Um, that's not how it is in the books. You know, at least... George R. R. Martin hasn't gotten there yet because, you know, he takes forever to write his freaking books. Hmm? I forgot you read the books, didn't you? Um, I didn't read all of them. I read the first two. They were very good, very well written. Um, you can see that there's a lot. Okay, so pretty much from what I know, um, seasons one through four were based on the books. And then after that, was pretty much a free-for-all because George R.R. R. Martin hasn't finished the story yet, right? But but if you read the first two books, those first two books are pretty much verbatim how the show is. Um, they really stuck really close to the books um, up until s- season four. I mean, there were some things that they left out, but there are so many scenes in the book that I'm like, this is per page everything that happened in the show. So a lot of people say that the creators probably just aren't very good coming up with their own shit. <laughs> That's pretty bad. Yeah. So, but anyway, um, Brittany, what is your number four? Uh, speaking of incest and Game of Thrones, I'm going to go with <laughs> Lannister and Cersei Lannister. <laughs> Oh my God! Yes, the, when, I, at first when you were like, "Oh, I hope you didn't get my pick," I go, "I know who you're t- thinking about." I I just I I love Jamie Lannister, and you know, at first I hated him because the you know when I had stopped watching, I had at least seen where you know he had pushed Bran, you know, basically off the fucking roof and just like. <laughs> Bye-bye, kid. Uh, <laughs> but a little, little rough there, a little rough. Um, and I remember one time I was like, oh, there, everybody's like talking about Jamie Lannister. I was like, fuck that guy. And then I saw a picture of him. I went, oh, no, he's hot. Oh, and, then no. you, and then you really said, fuck that guy. <laughs> yeah, but not his sister, which is disgusting. And I'm yeah. like, y'all are twins. And it's like, I, I, I guess. You know, y'all are twins. You got a strong bond, like a deep bond, but let's not go that deep with it. Um, I'm gonna. My argument why they shouldn't be together is one, they're related. Uh, <laughs> I don't think I need much more than that on that one. Uh, also, um, she's a fucking monster for one. I think that's a pretty good reason on that one. Oh, uh, she kind of wanted everybody dead. They have two illegitimate children together. Uh, which three. I don't know. Oh, fuck. Three. Oh, she was pregnant again. Um, you know, she should have been with, uh, what's her name? I'm trying to think of her name. 
Brienne of Toth. Oh, yeah, Brienne of Toth. And he fucked her at last. She broke her, like, uh, her oath or whatever thing. And he's just like, bye bye I gotta go get back with my sister. bye bye bitch. Uh, <laughs> bye. Um, I don't know. It's just nasty. I just like uh, having siblings. I'm like that is the grossest thing I could imagine. Like you know what I mean? Like you, you know, there's a few things that you're like, this is fucked up, and you can't really relate it to your own life. That ugh, no, no, thank you. I'm gonna go bleach my eyeballs out, please. Um, but yeah, I don't always have like much more reason than that but it's like he had such a good heart and he had a moment with her didn't she threaten to kill him uh cersei yeah yes yes there so there's this scene in the finale of season seven where pretty much he's like standing against her because he says to her what you're doing is wrong and she's like, oh, you're going to get in my way? And he's like, are you going to kill me? And she's like, I could. And he's like, you know what? Fuck you, bitch. And, like, rides <laughs> off. And and it's such a big moment for character development. You're sitting there go, oh, my God. After years and years and seasons of Jamie, you know, being so, like, held by Cersei, he finally has broken away, and he's being his own man, and he's riding off, and then season eight's like, you know what, we like Jamie being a brainwashed bitch. Not <laughs> uh, to his sister. Man. so gross. Um, <laughs> I don't have siblings, but I can imagine that that's so disgusting. <laughs> Freaking! Uh, it's pretty fucking nasty. So I knew about Jamie and Cersei, right? Because Cindy watched Game of Thrones for years, and she would tell me. And I'd be like, that's fucking gross. So the first episode of, of season one, when you see them fucking, you're like, wow, they, that's really happening right now. I knew about it, but that's really happening right now. That's really and, happening. And when you find out that, like, all of Cersei's children are Jamie's. None of them are Robert Baratheon's. Um, it's crazy, right? But as you said, Jamie went through such a great character development ever since he met Brianna Tarth, because before that he was like a snobby asshole. And then he met Brianna, he lost one of his hands, and he kind of like starts getting a little bit more humble. He always, to me, I I all, like, the, it was there, right, for Jamie to be a better person, because he always stood up for Tyrion, whereas opposed to Cersei, who hated Tyrion, Jamie never disliked him, he loved his brother, um, and, you know, everyone calls Jamie the Kingslayer, but Jamie killed the Mad King because the Mad King was going to kill all the people. Um, and so he's like, I didn't see any other way other than to kill him. But everyone gives him shit because they're like, oh, well, you, you stabbed him literally in the back and you're part of the King's Guard. Your oath was to protect the King. And he was like, I decided to protect the people. So it's like Jamie Damn was a good person. don't on that one. Yeah, pretty much, which to me, always, it never made sense because Robert Baratheon and Ned Stark were among the people who gave Jamie shit. Mind you, 
Ned and Robert led the rebellion against the Mad King, and Robert sat on the throne once the Mad King was slain. So they were going up against the king, but still gave Jamie shit because they're like, oh, well, you were the king's guard. You still should have, you know, what dig done your duty. Um, but yeah, oh, I hated Jamie and Cersei. Again, do we need to say any more? They were siblings. <laughs> and they were roommates. Have you seen that? No, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I, I've got so much shit to send you. I gotta get you hip and laughing, girl. Thanks, thanks. I didn't know I was a fucking obsolete dinosaur. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> when you say that, I make so you think of technical boy. I know. <laughs> But I was just going to say, like, not only is it gross because they're siblings, and that is really should be the end of the conversation, but also Cersei was an awful fucking person. So. <laughs> terrible. <laughs> she is terrible. Everything that she's done was terrible. And, yeah, no. Terrible. Terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible. Terrible, terrible. There's also a scene that's pretty uncomfortable in between Jamie and Cersei. I mean, again, all their scenes are uncomfortable because they're siblings. But there's a scene where, and like full trigger warning, right, before I say this, of sexual assault. But there's a scene where I'm pretty sure, like, Jamie raped Cersei? Yeah, it was very, it's gross. It is gross, because she's saying no the whole time, and I'm like, mm, Game of Thrones, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, you hate Cersei, but you're also like, but I hate that. It's like, I don't condone that. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't like Jamie and Cersei's relationship. It was terrible. I hate that they died together because that's the thing. Like Cersei would always say, you know, that they were twins. They were born together and they would die together. And so when Jamie rode off away from Cersei at the end of season seven and when he got with Brienne in season eight, you're like, oh, yes, finally he's breaking away from it. And then when he goes back to Cersei, I'm like, He's really fulfilling everything she ever said, isn't he? This dumb fuck. You are one <laughs> dumb motherfucker. The only thing is someone said, oh, he's going to go back and he's going to kill Cersei himself. And I'm like, see, that would have made too much sense. The show apparently <laughs> decided not to make any sense in season eight. Oh, that's depressing. I still love the show, though. I... I'm sorry, I, I everyone, by the way, have... for those freaking sirens. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was just, just going to say, I still love the show. I went back not that long ago and rewatched, like, the first season or so, and I still enjoy it. I, I just forget the season eight happened. But um, let's get back to the list. Great number four. I'm going to hit number three. Let me look at my list. Ooh. I had some indigestion there. <laughs> it's like, mm, mm, I like that, I like that. Um, okay, so my um, next pick is 
going to be one that I don't have, like, say, a whole lot to say about because I didn't really watch the show too much, but I know enough that I disliked the um, couple. And I know that this is going to be something that kind of, like, if anyone's a fan out there, they're going to listen to this and they're going to be like, I don't like that you said that. But it's going to be Veronica. It's going to be Veronica Mars and Logan. Um, and so, <laughs> so for anyone out there, like Veronica Mars is kind of, if you are someone who was born in like 1990, right? So you grew up in your high school was around the mid 2000s. And that's exactly when this show came out was 2003, 2004. So Veronica Mars was such, say, a cult classic icon for the time. And if you go back and rewatch it, I mean, it's a little unrealistic because it's like in California or something. And the high school they go to is like obviously so preppy and rich. I mean, there's at one point they're eating sushi there. I'm like, yeah, did not happen in a Yonkers high school, but the the style, like the haircuts and the clothes are just on par for that point of time. You're like, if you want to do a time capsule and see what all the teenagers were wearing back then, just go and watch that show. But anyway, um, the show, you know, ran for three seasons before getting canceled. Then in 2014, it had like a literally a fan funded movie. The creator of Veronica Mars literally did a Kickstarter. And so that movie was completely made with the money from fans donating. Um, And then in 2019, Hulu put out a season four, right? So, the whole thing, and I'm going to do, like, the quick rundown for those who, like, don't know and everything. So the show's called Veronica Mars, obviously follows this girl named Veronica. <laughs> and she's, like, new in school and shit. And then you have Logan, who is not – I don't think she's new in school, actually. Again, I didn't really watch the main three seasons. I watched the fan-funded um, movie, and I watched the fourth season, right, on Hulu. I promise I will try and get through this quickly. But Veronica, you know, she's this girl in high school, and Logan is kind of like the asshole, you know, kid who has, like, really rich parents and everything, and he's just an asshole because he's, like, super fucking privileged, right? But throughout the seasons, um, they end up getting together because, you know, he, I guess, gets... I don't know, she calms his anger and blah, blah, blah. They, you know, whatever. They're together. Um, And the reason why I don't like them together is all really comes from the fourth season that was put out on Hulu in 2019, which now follows the two characters as adults. And the thing is that, so in the fourth season, right, Logan, who is always the hothead, always really angry and very irrational and brash, has obviously grown up and matured. He's in the military. He's, you know, calmed down. He takes, like, anger management classes. He's very, like, chill, blah, blah. And Veronica very much seems like she hasn't grown up, and she's trying to still relive, like, being a teenager because she gets angry about Logan not, say, reacting certain ways or anything like that and gets angry that, their relationship isn't, say, how it was in high school with them bickering or them, you know, 
being kind of at odds, you know? It was, like, that typical, like, enemies to friends sort of thing. If this was, like, a fan fiction on Archive of Their Own, that would be the tag. Like, Ew, enemies to friends. You know, so Veronica, like, doesn't like that. And there's at some point in the show where freaking, um, you know, Veronica's, like, goading Logan. And Logan literally, like, punches a hole in the wall. And he's like, what is that what you wanted to see from me and she literally starts like making out with him it's like she did want to see that from him and i just what thought that their relationship that toxic bullshit is that that's what i'm saying i think their relationship was super toxic it didn't know how i think maybe a lot of that could have come from the writers not knowing how to write these characters outside of like a high school experience um and it just seemed as if their relationship was really toxic and Veronica was really harmful to Logan's progress as a person. So I really disliked their relationship for that. And I don't have a whole lot to say because, again, I really didn't watch the first three seasons because I didn't watch it when it first came out. And then I tried to go back and watch it, and it is a little dated. And I, I can't – this is a thing with me, Brittany – I can't take shows seriously that are supposed to take place in high school, and they're so unrealistic for what high school was. Like, again, you have all these kids that, like, are eating sushi in the middle of the cafeteria or, you know, they're this, that. And it's like – and it felt like a teenager's perception of what high school is going to be as opposed to what high school really is. And so that's why I didn't really watch the first three seasons. But, yeah, so this is my thing, Logan and Veronica, sorry for going on and on and on, but I just, when I watched that final season on Hulu, I was like, this is so toxic. And I think a lot of people agreed. I remember seeing a lot of reviews at the time, people saying, like, did Veronica just not know how to grow up? I know, it it sucks when you take probably a very beloved character and make them such a raging bitch, you're like, you're kind of an awful fucking human being. Well, um, yeah, I think that was a huge thing about it because, spoiler alert, I guess, I mean, it's been three years since the final season came out on Hulu, but um, at the end of the show, Veronica and Logan get married, right? And then Logan gets killed. (laughs) Um, (laughs) We can't let these people be happy. What do you mean? and, you know, that's the crazy thing. When when they asked the creator of the show and they asked Kristen Bell, who plays Veronica, who was kind of a producer of the fourth season, when they asked the both of them, like, why did you guys decide to kill Logan off? He was such a fan favorite character. They're like, oh, well, they pretty much admitted that they didn't know how to make Veronica like this independent P.I., while having her be happily married. And I'm like, there's a way to do it. <laughs> like, There's a way to do it. You just simply saying that you didn't know how to have a female character that's strong and independent, but also in a happy relationship makes zero sense. Oh, no. I, I, that's kind of fucking stupid, though. It's like, hey, we could have given him his own art, kind of like Major in, um, in iZombie. Yeah. And that's the thing, like, so I'm not the biggest fan of Liv and Major together in iZombie, but I can at least admit that 
they were both given their both individual arcs. And then when, by the time they were brought back together, they were both developed enough for that. And they both accepted who the other was at the end. But with Logan and Veronica to simply say that you didn't know how to have both make, is just such lazy writing to me. And I that probably is going to piss off a lot of Veronica Mars fans because there's a lot of them out there. And I apologize about that. But from the perception of someone who has watched Veronica Mars later, that's how I feel about it. And I think that's fair. I mean, coming in, like, from people that's like, oh, haven't watched them build up together, it's like, it just looks like a shitty, toxic relationship where she <laughs> wants to see his anger come back, and you're like, wow, great, 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 great relationship. Like, don't get me wrong, like, as a high schooler, right, if I was watching Veronica Mars, I probably would have eaten that shit up, like, oh, wow, you know, I'm kind of the outcast girl, and he's kind of, like, the bad boy and everything, but he likes me and stuff, you know, blah, 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 like, because that's, those were the tropes, that's the trope of it, that's the trope of it, she's the outcast, right, he's the popular bad boy, but for some reason, the two of them get together, you know, and it was a trope. And I'm not like dissing it. No, he didn't. He wasn't the jock bad boy. He was more of the stoner on the beach bad boy. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you could just tell, like, again, I don't mean to insult the show that much, but it definitely went. But that's why I couldn't go back and rewatch it, because watching it from, like, the lens of an adult, I sat there and said, this is so tropey. Like, I've, I've read better fan fiction than this. <laughs> right. You're like, you're like, go get one of them. Dude, I love fan fiction. I haven't read a lot of fan fiction in a long time. I haven't either, but I should get back into it because there were some really great stories. And, again, if you're ever unhappy of what happens in a show or a movie, go to fan fiction because someone is definitely course-correcting that shit. <laughs> that course-correcting? Don't, don't you ever remember when we were writing fan fiction and you're watching something and you're like, I hated the way that happened. And you're like, I guess I got to write it going in a different direction. Oh, I feel like whatever. Um, like, oh, I'm trying to remember. Something happened in a show, and we both, like, basically, like, we hardly have to talk about it. We're like, let's just agree that never happened, and we're never writing it. And we're like, okay, and then Oh, my done. God, it was, a, it was a big thing, too, and I can't remember what it was, where it was like we both agreed that never happened. And when we but write about it, it never happened. happened. What did you say? So it was probably, like, some kind of big death or something. Yeah, some shit like that. I mean, listen, like, uh, just as I acknowledge in Holt and Catch Fire that Gordon never died. But um, the last thing I'm going to say about Veronica, Mars, and Logan is the only reason really why I even watched the show is because I loved iZombie, which is... Um, created by the same person who created Veronica Mars. And the guy who plays Logan is the same actor, Jason Doring, who played Chase Graves on iZombie. So I was like, I got to get more freaking this guy. (laughs) No joke. Let let it be said right here and now. Tia loves that man. And I do not blame her. 
Yeah, don't don't hate. Do not hate. But <laughs> Brittany, we are down to the top two in our uh, top ten worst TV and movie couples. And what is the number two? Technically, your number one. Um, I think mine's going to a little bit surprise you, and you'll see why. Um, ultimate worst couple for me, <laughs> Demeter and Odin. Wow. Okay, okay. I can see it, but I want you to explain it. I was going to say, so you see in the latest season of American Gods, you know, you find out that Odin has a wife. Uh, spoiler alert, because we are talking about divorced couples. Um, you know, and that they were married once upon a time. Uh, that Tyr, you know, basically his brother-in-arms was in love with her, and that Odin slid into those DMs and basically <laughs> out from And, um, well, you find out that uh, Demeter in current day that 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 they had a falling out, and uh, that she basically hates him. Uh, but you know that she just can't help but you know care about him and love him because you know that's kind of just a running thing with Odin. Uh, even uh, oh, what's her name? Uh, his new driver. I can't remember her name. Cordelia. Even Cordelia's like, yeah, you have a habit of just kind of, like, pissing people off until they just accept it, you know. <laughs> and, uh, you know, she's in a uh, home for uh, those dealing with, like, mental health issues. And she, you know, she's being her true self, Demetrius, and says that she's a goddess and, you know, surviving off the worship of the other, you know, denizens there who believe that she really is the, the goddess Demeter. Well, Odin tracks her down again. And, you know, there is that kind of toss between, the, oh, is he there for money? Is he there for love? And it's easy to romanticize them because, you know, it. but, you know, he's telling the story, how he, they met, how he loved her. Uh, but you find out it's like, you know, he was shitty to tear, uh, you know, stole her out from underneath them, even though, yes, it was her choice. Uh, that she got pregnant with their child and that they were very excited about it, but that she lost the child. And instead of being there to mourn with her, he ended up uh, just running off and leaving her to mourn by herself, who, you know, never fully came to terms with the loss of her child and that tear was always there for her. And, uh, you know, it's kind of like Odin was shitty. And the whole time you can't really decide if he actually loved her and truly, I think at some point he loved her, but, you know, he has all this plot going on that you don't know, you know, did he truly, you know, love her? Did Was he there for the right reasons? Did he just want something from her? Because especially it calls into question when we see what Odin did to his own son and that Demeter is very wealthy, you know. um, and at the end, Demeter does kind of just wisp away. Um, you know, she turns, she kind of, she kind of like turns into grain, I think, again. And then it just starts pouring rain because she said, you know, she never truly got a chance to mourn, you know. And I think she just goes and she does it. She, that was her way of mourning. But it was very, uh, very intense. But I just cannot. You know, as much as I love that story between them, he just wasn't good for her, and it wasn't healthy, and it was toxic, 
And as much as she may have loved him, he just was not good for her. He wasn't healthy for her. And it's like, I can't tell if that fucker loved her or not, not and I want to know. That That's like the thing about Wednesday. You never really know about him. But I feel like Demeter's last straw with Odin is when they're having that really emotional moment, right, between the door, where he's saying that he should have been there for her and that he never was there to mourn the loss of their child together. And she's seeming like she's very thankful for him admitting that. And you are you sit there thinking, okay, Wednesday, you're doing really good now. And then Wednesday turns around and says, well, I look forward to you being with me and we'll go into this war and i think she was thinking there like god everything is about your war like even when i think you're being sincere because you just want to get me back it's really emotive because you need me for this war because you need me probably to whatever do whatever right it was the war right exactly (sighs) such a bastard Brittany. (laughs) cocksuck like, he's such a fucking dick. He is such a dick. Um, he was the ultimate con man when he's spinning that story of how much he loved Demeter. And you think that he's really, say, putting on this show to kind of uh, proclaim his sorrow to her. But in reality, I think that he was just putting on a show because he's a con man. He's like, man, I really need to convince her that I'm sorry so that she can come with me. And how am I supposed to do that other than say this very grand show? Um, Because I think he thought he could just go in and weasel his way back in and shit. And obviously saw that that took a lot more. He was a bastard. He freaking portrayed his... um, you know, his, as you said, brother-in-arms tear to get with Demeter. Like, he knew how much, and as you said, right, like, Demeter's her own woman. She can make her own decisions. But Wednesday knew that Tyr loved her, and he was just like, don't care. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, he's like, I want what I want. And he's like, you know, but, you know, Tyr couldn't stir the fire in her, like, oh, and it's like, dude, you swinging that big dick energy around. And the thing is, is, like, I love that story and everything. It's just, like, he was just not good for her. He, He's no. very selfish. He was very selfish. And it was sad to see that all these memories were being brought back up for her. Obviously, the loss of a child is very traumatic. And that's being brought up. And those emotions are very raw. Only for her to realize you're only bringing it up so that you can get me to leave here. And that's really shitty. That's uh, the that's an actual trauma that she needed to confront. And it was only being unearthed and confronted because of Odin's selfishness. And Demeter is so beautiful. I can't get over it. Bly Danner is so beautiful as Demeter. I love the whole entire thing of Demeter. Ugh, ugh, I really want to see Demeter again. I did too. Hopefully, hopefully something will give to you. <laughs> Something's got to give, right? You can't leave me hanging. You know what I think about? I sit there and go, American Gods is literally written by Neil Gaiman. Probably one of the most like well-known 
authors in modern day, right? He's written all these books, all these comic books that are being adapted and shit. You would think a network wants to keep him on their good side. How do you take his literal best-selling novel um, that's won awards and shit, and you don't even finish the goddamn thing? That's Well, because they suck. They suck. But yeah, I agree. Demeter, and I love that you put that. I didn't expect you to do that. You actually did. You you, you got me there. (laughs) Did I get you, girl? Did I get you? You did. I was like, oh, shit. Demeter and Odin, that's a good one. I didn't consider that before. That's what I said. I was going to have two from the same show. I, you know what? I didn't even, like, uh, make the connection at all. I thought that, um, who else did I think that you would have done? Who, what other couple was there on American Gods? I'm trying to think. No? Oh, no, I think I oh, oh, fucking the, the Jen and Selene. Yeah. But, oh, you know what? You know, prior to season three, I would have put them on the best list, but... After season three, they could have definitely been on the worst list because the djinn fucked over Salim. Like, we don't forgive the djinn. We don't forgive the djinn until, you know. I don't forgive the djinn. (laughs) That was my baby, and you you did him wrong. Salim didn't deserve that. Salim didn't deserve that at all. Musha, um, it, it, it's there's Musha, right? Mu, uh, Musa, um, the gentleman who plays the gin. I know <laughs> he's he seems like such a nice guy, and we're sitting there going, "Fuck the gin." <laughs> he's such a nice dude. He was always like, I always got so happy because he would always like my comments on stuff, and I was like, "Yes, he's so good." That fan interaction. Oh my god, can I tell you, he liked one of my tweets recently because Paulie was watching this show on Netflix called Designated Survivor, and I believe it's the third season, and Musa's in an episode, and I was like, is that Musa? And he liked the tweet, and I was like, I feel good. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. Listen, the two actors are sweethearts, Omid, who plays Salim, and Musa, who plays the Jin. But the Jin did the Jin did Salim dirty, just like Odin did Demeter dirty. So there, I don't appreciate that. But we are down to the number one worst couple in movies and TVs. Let's go through the list before we get to the number one, right? We got Alex and Piper from Orange the New Black, Joe and Cameron from Halt and Catch Fire, Joel and Miriam from The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, Ed and Karen from For All Mankind, Laura and Shadow from American Gods, Jon Snow and Daenerys from Game of Thrones, Jamie and Cersei Lannister from Game of Thrones, Logan and Veronica from Veronica Mars, Demeter and Odin from American Gods, and the number one, I'm pretty sure I probably put this also on the last list we did, but it warrants another one. I hated Natasha and Bruce together. I'm sorry. I knew it. Uh, Girl, (laughs) I read you like a book. I 
I hated when they tried to. What'd you say? I was saying uh, I was ta- I was just actually talking about st- on stream the other day. I said. I said, if you want to get Tia heated, I said, Tia fucking hates uh, Bruce and Natasha together. And Natasha was like, oh, my God. I was like, don't say that to Tia. She don't. I like the characters individually, right? I love Mark Ruffalo as Bruce Banner. I love Scarlett Johansson as Natasha. I do not like them together. I don't know why they decided to push that. It wasn't even set up, right? Let's look at other couples in the MCU. Not a whole lot. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time here, but, uh, you know, things get, things get set up, right? Gamora and Peter Quill. They're not together in the first movie. They're not really even together in the second movie. They're only really together in Infinity War, right? Wanda and Vision meet each other in Age of Ultron. They're not a couple in Civil War. They're only a couple in Infinity War, right? Like even Tony, even Tony and Pepper aren't a couple in the first season, uh, not first season, in the first Iron Man. But you could see the foundation there, right? There was no foundation of Natasha and Bruce. There was a hell of a lot of foundation with Natasha and Steve. Like she. Like full on kiss him oh, in shit. the Winter Soldier. That kick. Of course. And then we get to Age of Ultron suddenly like Bruce and Natasha never gave each other goo goo eyes in any other medium. Then suddenly we're at Age of Ultron and they're like staring at each other. Bruce is getting jealous when Steve, you know, says that Natasha kissed him, you know, and then suddenly they're talking about like mapping out a life with each other, you know, and how Natasha can't have children and Bruce, you know, was probably sterile anyway. And, you know, then they're trying to talk about running away with each other and shit. And I was like, what the hell am I watching right now? Who thought this is a good idea? Fucking Josh Whedon. We we see how terrible he is now, but that that's terrible. How dare you do that like to Nick me? Trying to feed into that hot girl loves the nerd kind of like stereotype, and also it's like they kind of shoehorned her into like they almost is like she needed a relationship to be relevant yeah. kind of thing. And it's like who do we not have that has a romance that's like profitable? Oh yeah, those two aren't with anyone. So you know what? Let's put them together. That's what it felt like where they said, oh, well, right now we only have one female Avenger, and she's not dating any of the other Avengers. Who do we put her with? Well, we can't put her with Thor, can't put her with Tony, can't put her with this. Let's let's give her Bruce. And it's it's like, what? As you said, it's the typical, oh, look, she's she's the girl who can't be claimed. Let's give her to freaking, you know the the nervous guy or something. I don't know. I hated it. I hated it so much. I was so glad that it realistically only lasted one movie. I know in Infinity War it kind of looked like they almost acknowledged it. Remember when Natasha and Bruce see each other again? Um, Bruce is like, hey, Nat. And Natasha's like, Bruce. And I'm like, uh, no. Stop it. Stop it. If we're going back to the 90s, uh, Gag Me was a spoon. (laughs) When you were talking about uh, um, Veronica Mars, which, (laughs) by the way, quick 
quick thing with uh, with Marvel really quick before I forget. People mm-hmm. are like, I want to go to the, so what's the Marvel gym opening up? And no joke, <laughs> if they opened up like a Marvel themed gym where it's like you could choose like, oh, what kind of workout do you want to go for? Do you want like the Captain America build? Do you want this? And it was like a training. I would be all about that, Gia. I would, I would be all about that kind of workout. Do you see the do you see the kind of workout they put their actors through? Like Paul Rudd didn't have an eight pack before freaking um, well, Marvel. Or, Holy shit. <laughs> or the actor um Kunal I forget how to say his last name, but he's in the Eternals, right? I saw the pictures of that was actually what inspired that because it was the image of him where people were like, yo, when's the Marvel gym opening up? <laughs> Because literally, it was like, not that he, you know, he, he didn't seem out of shape or anything, but he wasn't, like, chiseled, and suddenly, he, he like, put, he got cast in the Eternals, and a month later, he posts a picture where his abs literally look like a cheese grater, and I'm, <laughs> the Marvel gym needs to open, and someone needs to whip my ass into shape. <laughs> oh my gosh. Dude, I speaking with it. Get I want to get fit so bad, but you know who else is fit? The Hulk. But you know what? He's not a fit for Natasha. <laughs> oh, I like how you circled that back around. That was good, girl. That was good. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm just saying, I very much dislike them together. And you know what? I also dislike about their whole bullshit. Like, get them together is then I then felt as if it tarnished their friendship, right? Because um, in Infinity War, when everyone kind of meets back up with each other and Natasha, say, hugs Sam, you're like, oh, that's nice, right? They're friends. They haven't seen each other, you know, or or no, she hugs Rhodey. I'm sorry. She hugs Rhodey, and you're like, oh, that's so nice. They haven't seen each other in so long. That's great, right? But then it's like that awkwardness of, like, her and Bruce where, like, they can't hug. They're just, like, standing aside kind of, like, nervously and awkwardly saying hi to each other. And I'm like, it shouldn't be like that. They're all Avengers, right? They rely on each other to – what did you say? Stop acting like virgins. Yeah. <laughs> That's exact. That's exact. Brittany, that's so perfect. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> and it was so awkward, and I hated it. Um, so I don't know. I hate them as a couple. I guess we don't have to worry about that now. Which sounds bad, that's but we don't have to worry about that now. Tia, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but um, yeah. You ain't sorry. I ain't sorry. But yeah. So Natasha and Bruce. Worst couple, worst, worst, worst couple in um, movies and TV shows. But, Brittany, before we wrap everything up here tonight, do you have any honorable mentions that you'd like to throw out there? Oh, man, I'm trying to think. Uh, Salim and the Jinn. Um, <laughs> oh, who else? Um, oh, I have, I have, like, one more, I think, but I can't think. now. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, Daredevil and Elektra. Yes. I hated that relationship. That's a good one, too. That was good. I, 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 like I didn't like them together at all, either. Yeah, them, um, Ramsey, Bolton, and Sansa, because it I was... Oh, my God, I almost said that we're in a brain sink, Tia. 
Yeah, Sansa and Ramsay Bolton, not good because it was a forced frickin' relationship, and Ramsay was Ramsay, obviously. Um, I know I put this on our last thing. For some reason, it's like it stood on my head. I remembered that I put it on our last one, which is why I didn't put it on this one. But Major and Liv from my zombie, I didn't like them together, what? even though, yeah, I didn't like them together. I didn't like Blaine and Peyton together on iZombie. There's a lot of couples on iZombie I didn't like together. I was like, oh, no, 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 I don't like that. <laughs> it's not like another Veronica Mars makeover where it's like, we're going to have these teen relationships that are really shitty. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So and I'm sure there's so many others that I can, like, pick and choose from and say that they're awful, they're awful, they're awful. Um, but, you know, that's, we already went through ten of them, and these are pretty awful couples that should not be with each other um, at all. At all. At all, at all, at all. Um, but, yeah, Brittany, I had fun with this. I, I enjoyed it very much. Yes, yes, yes. Um, don't we just love being snarky with each other? I feel like this. I feel like this podcast every two seconds. I was like, "Shut up, <laughs> shut, shut up!" It's like I didn't say anything. No, just shut up, shut yeah. up. I didn't know how to describe how much I disliked all these other couples. That I was just like, "Just shut the fuck up." <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But Brittany, as always, I love doing the top 10 with you. Um, I've had a whole lot of fun. Please let everyone know where they can find you, what you have going on next, and all that good stuff. I going to say, you can always find me at Twitch, on Twitch, at Itty Bitty Brit. I've been doing a Pokemon Nuzlocke, which is the hardest shit. Uh, basically, um, if your Pokemon die in the game, they die for real. Uh, <laughs> Basically, if you lose a Pokemon, they're no longer usable. You can only catch one Pokemon from each route. And if they die or are uncatchable in that route, you can no longer catch any Pokemon. And I have about four Rattatas right now. And uh, I am the Rat Queen. Um, I'm with, uh, I named one of them Rat King. I did lose a Pokemon. I had a Rattata named Yeet. And uh, poor little Yeet went Yeet, and so uh, real, real sad, uh, R.I.P. Yeet. Um, but you can always find me on Twitter at IttyBittyBritZero. I am getting back more active on there again. I had, I had taken a hiatus because TikTok took over my life, and I can only focus on one thing at a time. I have very <laughs> short attention span, Tia knows. Uh, um, but yeah, that's where you can find me. Brittany, really quick, and yes, everyone made sure that you check that out. Brittany is a very dedicated streamer who spends much of her time entertaining all of you. I thought of another really bad couple while you were talking. Um, uh, Rick and Lori from The Walking Dead. Hated them. I need to put that. I remember you saying something about The Walking Dead, and I was like, I was like, who? I was like, not, not Quinn and Maggie, because they're goals. And I was like, who no, was? They were goals. That, that was that. Oh my god! Thank you for bringing that back up because I had forgot to even say anything about them. Yeah, they were 
terrible, but I just wanted to throw that out there. So they're an honorable mention. Um, as for me, you know, make sure that you always check me out on Twitter and Instagram at TFABY. You can, of course, check us out, geekvibesnation.com. Uh, please subscribe if you're not subscribed already to our YouTube channel, Geek Vibes Podcast. We have merch out. Please make sure you check that out. Uh, we have a monthly newsletter that we are rolling out what we have rolled out for the past month or so so make sure you check that out as well if you're not subscribed please subscribe to that list for all the latest and greatest um i wanted to give a huge shout out to our associate dom who just got accepted into the critics choice association so that's awesome uh congratulations dom and just, yeah, make sure you check us out every Saturday. We do the Marvel Cinematic Review where we review the latest episode of the Marvel shows that have come out. And this upcoming week is the season finale of The Falcon and Winter Soldier, and it's going to get crazy. But, oh, Brittany, it, Brittany, it's been amazing. Please have yourself a great night, and thank you, everyone, for listening. Bye. Bye, guys.